welcome to another episode of Dads with Nerdy Ambitions. Hold on to your tauntauns, kids. We're going right back to the Mandalorian. With popular demand, Mandalorian Mercs are back with us. David, how are you doing today? Just fine. Thanks for having us again. Ah, thank you for being here. And now we have another uh, special host from uh, the Mandalorian Mercs, Mark. Mark, how are you doing today? I'm good. I'm good. Thanks for having me. Hey, not a problem. So, Mark, uh, give us a little bit of info about yourself. Uh, well, I've been with the Mandalorian Mercs for just over six years. Uh, I got out of college and found su- found suddenly that I had disposable income uh, and decided to spend all of it on Star Wars. Um, I got yeah, I, I started with the Mercs and very quickly uh, just fell in love with the group, fell in with, love with the people. And I've been uh, a Merc in Maryland and I've been a, a Merc out here in Illinois. Uh, and, and right now I, I, I'm lucky enough to be the Roosler out here. So I get to help a, bu- a bunch of people get their armor together and, and kind of live that. I, I get to relive that that energy of building a kit and getting yourself applied and all of that three or four times uh, a year uh, helping people out. So that's really cool. It's really cool. So last time I talked to David, we were talking about uh, what guns Mandalorians have and what's their preferred one. Uh, David gave the answer of, you know, he has a list of guns mm-hmm. that he takes with him, what new gun he can take with him. So I'm going to ask you, what is your preferred gun as your Mandalorian? Oh, I've got, I've got the classic Westar 35 on my hip, on my leg. Uh, and I've got the, again, a classic uh, Verpine Shatter Rifle, just because they look so pretty, both of them. And they're both, I, 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 I very much like that simple clean line aesthetic and both of them are, are clean line aesthetic guns. Oh yeah, Dave. Dave is Dave's is is really nice. I've got a, mine's a little bit more blocky. I need to I need to redo that one actually. Um, but I've also got like I'm, I I three D model so I and I really like to play with with pistols and stuff. So I've got the GL forty four, which is a which shows up in one episode of the Clone Wars, and so that one was a fun one to to find uh, reference images for. Uh, and I've also got the DL eighteen, which is the one that Kanan Jarrus, Lando Calrissian, and half a dozen other characters uh, carry. So I'll, I, I like, I like playing with them more than I like, uh, more than I like carrying them, if, if you will. Just sit down here, just sit down and go pew, 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 well, pew, I, pew. It's more that I've got like five <laughs> prints of each of them and I, I just, I like cleaning them up and then painting them and then cleaning them up a little bit more. <laughs> so this episode, we are wrapping up the Mandalorian season two, uh, an amazing, amazing season. Uh, a lot of stuff was brought into this uh, season. Some people argue a little too much stuff was brought into it, that it almost came off a little bit salesy, if you will. Um, I, I enjoyed it. Uh, we're going to go ahead and we'll just start jumping into it. So last time we talked, when we brought on the Mercs the first time, Bo-Katan came into play. We definitely got to see her some more. What are your guys' overall thoughts of how Bo-Katan was brought into play, how she presented herself and the overall character. What we're, what we're seeing is, is we're seeing, I've heard some people call it the Filoni verse. Mm-hmm. And, and what they're doing is they're kind of they're bringing, well, not kind of, they're bringing in a lot of the characters from uh, rebels and from the clone wars. And they're continuing a lot of the story arcs that started then. And I don't know, I think only Dave Filoni would know this. I don't know if some of these are a really long game 
or if they're going back and retconning, you know, doing some minor retcons or just bringing in some plot points previously uh, to advance the story. Um, you know, Bo-Katan is a, is a fan favorite character, you know, and, and at mm-hmm. the end of, at the end of Rebels, she is the leader of the Mandalorians. You know, she, she has, she has, at that point, she has the dark saber. She's united all the clans behind her. Um, uh, and so, you know, this is kind of the, the next evolution of that character's story, you know, and they, they, they brought in this, the, the voice actress, Katie Sackoff, um, who is, who is Starbuck on the new Battlestar Galactica. Um, they brought her on to play the character. I mean, and, and so she knows, she knows the character she's, she's, she voiced it before and now she's, now she's playing it. Um, so I, I think that's great. You know, and they've brought in some of the other characters, Ahsoka being another fan favorite character that, that pops into the show. And then they're bringing in some other folks uh, from the expanded universe um, and some other, some other uh, uh, creatures. And, you know, even the, uh, we'll t- I'm sure we'll talk about this later, the Dark Troopers. The Dark Troopers mm-hmm. started off in a video game, um, Dark Forces. Uh, so, you know, I, I, I just, I, I love seeing the fan service that they're doing, but they're, it's also not always gratuitous where they just, Oh, we're, Oh, we're going to drop this Easter egg. or We're going to bring this character in as, you know, as a, as, sometimes it is, uh, you know, like in, like in rogue one, you know, they're, they're on, um, uh, uh, Jetta and, you know, uh, Cassian runs into, uh, uh, you know, Dr. Evazan and, and, you know, the walrus man. You know, that was that was just flagrant fan service, you know, to bring this character in uh, for, for just to be seen. But now you have characters that they're bringing in who have who have a purpose. They're driving the story. Mm-hmm. They're they're making the scope of the Mandalorian larger than just a guy in a ship and, you know, Baby Yoda. Yeah, they're they're uh, I, I like. So I uh, you, you'd asked about whether or not this was a long game and stuff. And, and I I. I don't think it's a long game. I think it's just good storytellers knowing how to how to work with their stories. Dave Filoni t- is a great storyteller. I I will die on that hill. Um, and I don't think there's going to be many people opposing me on that hill, though. Oh, uh, no, <laughs> so, and he left he he left a uh, he he left a, a myriad of opportunities for himself to 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 continue stories. You know, it, it, it's not so much that he's playing a long game. It's just that he knows what what's there and, and what he can play with. And I, I think, as as you were saying, Dave, the, the fan service in this in this show and I is is not it's not flashy. It's not gratuitous. It's not it's not a, a blinking sign. Look at look at us. You know, look at us. Look at us. Look at us. It is it is something that's we're dropping this character in. And yes, they're somebody that the fans really love, but they're also going to drive a story. And and that's how fan service should be done. And now playing the devil's advocate here, uh, because we, yes, you, you guys both touched on a, a really crucial thing that I, I like I said, uh, people were kind of talking about is they did bring in a lot of characters. They brought in a ton of stuff. They did a lot of fan services here, um, but was it too much? Was it, you know, is is how's the saying go? Is is a little a too much of a good thing too too much yeah is it too much of a good thing like it's nice to see ahsoka it was it was lovely to see bo katan and we got boba fett and we had you know luke skywalker at the end 
is it too much of a good thing, you know, in this, especially for a show that is only eight episodes long and the average length of the episode is about what, 35 to 45 minutes, including credits. Yeah. I think the first episode was an hour. Like, are you putting too much fluff into it that you're, you're taking away from the actual story? And they were also trying to put in, sorry, not to, to stomp on you right there, but we also, they set up at least, when we talked about this earlier, I said three, you know, that's up for debate, at least two spinoff shows into this too. And that's that's a lot of stuff to cram pack into a show. Character, new uh, fan, you know, support, fan doing the stuff for the fans, having a proper story, and then setting up for other segue things. Do you think they put too much into such a short show or they should have extended the episode, put more episodes or made more or longer episodes? I mean, I'm all, I'm all for more and longer episodes, but that's not the, that's not the the format that Disney and, and Lucasfilm decided to go with for this. I, I personally don't think that in this instance, there was too much fan service. Uh, you know, I, I think that the, the writers, producers, directors, they, they did, they did it all very well. At no point did I feel like there was something that was that what that referenced the the wider universe and referenced previous shows and referenced previous stuff that was just there glaring in your face, there for the sake of being there. Everything had a purpose, for, you know. It was it was there for a purpose. Um, so I, I think that in this case they did it very well. And, and the nice thing about bringing in characters and and even objects from the wider universe that we've seen you know ig88 in the in season one boba fett now you know, we saw slave one come back uh it it, oh. it connects the show to the wider universe and and doing it in season two makes a lot of sense because the first season you're introducing the the the, the microverse of the show and of those characters and, and you're you're establishing all of that uh now they now that that's established now that they they have a, a fan base who is is extreme they can go and pull the threads of other things in and kind of weave the mandalorian into the tapestry of the star wars universe mark have you heard this but i i read somewhere that they the plan for the mandalorian is five seasons long I, I haven't read that. I, I I maintain solidly, and I will maintain it to my grave, that the original concept for The Mandalorian was a movie, and that and that John Favreau wrote a Mandalorian movie. Uh, I can see that. And, and and brought it and then brought it over to Disney, and, and Disney after the response to Rogue One and to Solo, was kind of backed off the movie train, and they're like, well, let's turn it into an eight episode thing, because episodes one, two, three, and Eight of season one all tie together very very well and are very well written in my opinion the others the other the other episodes are a little bit looser and and they seem almost shoehorned not that they're bad and not that they're badly written they're just they're different the, the tone is different I, I i think part of the purpose of those was to introduce characters uh, for the long game i mean yes. the, the 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 prison break episode introduces migs mayfeld yes Right. And so, we, we, you know, when we also see the mechanic there, the, the, the woman on Tatooine who was babysitting baby Yoda, mm -hmm. you know, so that has a payoff later on. Um, 
I think, at least what I hope, what I hope that Lucasfilm and Disney learn from the sequel trilogy is that you need to have a plan. Because yes. the way Force Awakens, Last Jedi, and Rise of Skywalker were written, it was very apparent that there was no overarching Kevin Feige-like MCU plan for the sequel trilogy. And if there had been, movies. yes. And, and there, a lot, I know a lot of people like to, like to, to crap on last Jedi, but last, I, I liked last Jedi because it was different because it was subversive, because it took a lot of the things that we took for granted in star Wars and kind of tipped them on its side. It kind of democratized the force. And, you know, there were parts of it that, that I had problems with, but overall, I didn't I didn't hate it the same way that a lot of people did. But when the Rise of Skywalker came out and basically just retconned Last Jedi out of existence, mm -hmm. it was kind of like, well, what was the point of that? But right. what Dave Filoni has shown us it through through his writing and the way that he has has uh, has been the steward of Star Wars through, you know, through Rebels and, and through uh, Clone Wars as kind of the heir apparent to George Lucas himself is that he can see the long game. And, you know, we talked about spinoffs, you know, I, I don't know that Ahsoka will ever show up on this show again. Right. I think, I think part of her purpose was to be set up. They drop They name drop grand Admiral Thrawn and then they're going to go off. It was because, a test balloon. She was a test balloon. They, they right. were seeing just how they were seeing how the fans were going to respond to the character and how they were going to respond to the live action and to Rosario, Rosario Dawson. And if it was good, they announce it at the at Investors Day. And if it and wasn't, it, they don't. It was amazing. It yeah. was wonderful. Rosario, the, I know that I know they got a lot of uh, of heck for um, and I'm going to I don't know exactly what they're called. Her uh, tendrils or her Montreals. Yeah, yes. Montreals. That's it. I. Not my, yeah. So apparently they were too short or something, and that that caught some. You're, they were Star they Wars were not, fans. I love you. The continuity <laughs> was off because they were they were longer in Rebels when, and she is supposedly older than she was in Rebels, so they should be longer. It's it was a practical concern that she couldn't move around as easily with with them being as long as they were supposed to be. No beef. I have no beef. Yeah, like I said, Rosario Dawson. Is an amazing actress. I've loved her, and and she's such a great. Like, when she was in all the Marvel movies, because she has done several universes. Mm -hmm. She was she was the nighttime nurse. She, she was in Luke Cage. She was in Daredevil. She was in Jessica Jones. She was in the Iron Fist. She was the segue she was the, character. She was the person that tied it all together, and it was perfectly done. And I almost thought they were going to do that with her in this, and I was hoping they wouldn't. And they didn't, and they may maybe they haven't or they won't, as we'll get into theories later. But she she definitely set up, and she definitely has her own universe that I'm excited to see with it and how they do with her. Uh, yeah, definitely her style because she, what she's technically she is she's a gray Jedi, right? Uh, There's not really no. a term for it in the current canon. Uh, that in I'm the old of. canon, there was wasn't right. there? There was yes. So yeah, she, she isn't. But she isn't. Stuff. She isn't a Jedi. She's she's she the, the perfect order. balance of good of dark and light. Correct. No, that's what a great Jedi is. No, no? she's okay. she's no, she's Educate not a great me. Jedi. She she is a she was a Jedi Knight who was expelled from the order when no, when she left on her own. She, what she right right she was put on trial uh, for 
for uh, when Barris Ophi was killing somebody, right? Mm-hmm. And so she left the order, and then when they invited her back, she declined. Right. Okay, so when Ahsoka leaves the order, you know, but then she almost comes back at the end of Clone Wars Season 7. Yes. You know, because she... Luke Skywalker needs somebody to go to Mandalore who's not a Jedi. And so he Anakin. sends he or Anakin, I'm sorry. You're right. It, Anakin needs Anakin and Obi-Wan need someone to go to Mandalore for the siege of Mandalore and they can't send a Jedi so they send her. Right. And uh but so she is she is a Jedi, but the other thing and the, in the in the middle arc of Clone Wars season 7 you know, they show her interacting with people who are not Jedi, who are not clones, who are not soldiers, who are not separatists. You know, it's it's that 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 the sisters that a lot mm-hmm. of people panned that they didn't like that part of Clone Wars season seven. But the purpose of that was to show her that not everybody loves the Jedi right. and that there's a lot of good that needs to be done in the universe that is not done from the Jedi temple. And yeah. so that's that that was the point of her story. And so, you know, they bring her back and, and, you know, you talked about a test balloon. I think Mandalor- the Mandalorian season one was the test balloon. It was the oh, test absolutely. balloon for all of this. Because if Mandalorian season one had been an abject failure or, you know, none of this would happen. Oh, right. the, the, no, absolutely. The, there would be maybe two or three extra Star Wars things, but there wouldn't be 10 Star Wars series or yeah. projects that are coming out of it uh, if because what it proves is it proves that the Disney streaming model for their series can be sustained. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, you know, it can be sustained and it can be profitable. Yeah. Because and it also proves that the market wasn't oversaturated, which is what a lot of people were saying after solo came out is that there was just too much. Well, and, it was and too and much too fast. Right. And I also, I personally maintain that if solo had come out in December Instead mm-hmm. of six months after Rise of Skywalker, mm-hmm. it oh. would have done much better. Yes, it wasn't a bad movie. It wasn't no. a bad movie. And it was no, it was a great movie. I think it was, it was supposed to be a trilogy. trilogy. It was. Supposed- I think what I think what it comes down to though is because your only other movie or anything. So you had Clone Wars by the time Solo came out. Was Rebels out yet? When yes. Clo- yeah. uh, okay, Rebels was out. So you had Rebels, Clone Wars, and any the only thing that wasn't Skywalker based was Rogue One, and even then, at the very end, the last 10 15 right. minutes, you got you got probably quite possibly the coolest Darth Vader we've ever seen yeah. in live action. We got comic Vader, and you got uh Princess Leia at the very last minute, young yeah. Princess Leia. So, I think. The reason, yet yeah, other than this, yeah, six months is really close. The other problem is, is everything we've seen of Star Wars is Skywalker, and they just we were oversaturated. And by the time this came out, you're just like, eh, eh, I'll wait till it comes out on video and then I'll watch it later. And yeah, I think that's that's what the beef. Solo plan to to really right, but, we, but we've they, done them to death. And they canceled a Yoda because there was supposed to be a Yoda that was coming out after that too. And Solo flopped so much that it didn't happen. There was supposed to, I, I heard, I'd heard rumors of like 12 different projects mm-hmm. that were supposed to come out after Solo. They got canceled. There, there was a Kenobi project. There was the Boba Fett project. There was the Yoda project. You, you, you're right. Yeah, um, there was, yeah. But, but the, the end of Rogue One, I'm not, the end of Solo also was setting up through, mm-hmm. through Rebels. Phantom Menace. 
you know, it's set up. Well, because yeah. well, because, you know, it shows it shows uh, uh, Darth Maul. <laughs> and and that was that that was supposed to in my from what I read, that was supposed to set up a trilogy with, you know, Alden Emmerich and Emilia Clark and Darth Maul. Yeah. And that's that's where that and Donald Glover as as Lando right. Calrissian. You know, now, you know, we'll talk about this later, but, you know, Lando's getting his own series. Mm-hmm. And but we so, don't know which Lando it is. I think it's going to be Donald Glover. It's, it's They almost have to be. It, I mean, no no offense to. Um, oh, God. What's his name? Billy D. Williams. Thank you. There, no offense. To, yeah. No offense to Billy D. Uh, he's just I, I think he. it's not that he's too old, um, but he's too old. <laughs> he, he's too old. To, he, he is. What if they use both? What if Billy D? I, I think that telling might, the story. I, I could definitely see like a, like Billy D setting up the beginning of it as like a flashback, and him, and maybe even at the beginning of every episode, he it's him telling a story at a bar or something. Yeah, that would be kind of fun. Or or or, or what's the card game he plays? Oh my God, Sabak. Sabak. What if he's playing Sabak and he's talking? And he's there, telling and he's playing stories. a game yeah, of Sabak that. as he's playing and he's getting ready. Oh, that's such a good setup. We should be writers. Let's go do that. Let's go that, write. That would Disney. that would be really cool. Uh, <laughs> I could I could also see it being like a. Like Billy D shows up in the background of something every once in a while, just like as as a, as a cameo out of the shadows. Or he plays Lando's father or something. That's that's a pretty classic thing that writers right. will do is is bring back an old actor for, to play the father. Right, but he oh Billy D Williams can't sustain. No one would buy a Lando series or movie with Billy D Williams all mm-hmm. the time. Just like no one will buy a Terminator movie with Arnold Schwarzenegger in it anymore. I mean, it's, it's basically it's untenable. The the energy, the, the actors just just can't maintain that 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 energy that that you kind right. of or yeah. that a lot of the main characters in Star Wars have. Let's be honest, they're getting old. Um, we went off quite off of uh, Ahsoka here, uh, so let's go to the next character that they brought in, which was everybody's favorite, Boba Fett. Amazing. That, we we like go back really to episode. Fun. Oh. At the end of episode one, like we said, we had that theory that it could have been him. And then we got that confirmed. And we talked about something interesting, David. I The question I'd asked you is, is Boba Fett and Django, are they Mandalorian? And, you know, we talked about that whole battle whether or not he is i know i know i know i learned about this i got educated all right i didn't <laughs> no, know it was I, I, that I'm not, controversial I'm not issue. Throwing up my, i'm not throwing up my hands at you and the collective fan base we're like oh he is and he is and he is i'm throwing up i'm throwing up my hands at the at the one at the line that bo katan dropped in this episode you're not a mandalorian which just confused the whole thing because two episodes ago exactly we, i we was going he, to get into we were that like, great he is a mandalorian we, he's got the yeah. chain coat he's got the armor Django is a mandalorian question I actually I actually messaged David. I'm like, we found out he is, he is, he, we got to see it. And, and that's literally, I was about to say, we still don't have an answer. And I don't think we're ever going to have an answer. I think it's, well, and I know you have that, that whole issue about whether or not who shot first, Han or, or Greedo, <laughs> but I think it is, I think it's those, and, and, and I, it's, it's almost poetic at this point that we have these little mystery taboos yes. that get us heated and get us talking about it. And it shows the passions and the loves that we have, whether or not we agree or disagree. It's those magical moments that bring us together as a fandom yes. to talk about these subjects. We got them. We got them a clunky at the end of, at the end of, at the, and uh, in, in the end, end credit scene. It's absolutely just, it's, it's, it's the writers and everyone just continuing the joke. It's great. It's, it's, it's annoying. It's frustrating. Because I thought I knew the answer, 
and then like so just wow. the way that i've been because i've had a bunch of people ask me about this uh and, and the way that i've been referring to it is is that he that he's a mandalorian in the same way that uh i'm jewish culturally you know his parent his parents or his, his father is mandalorian he just does he's not practicing yeah i get that makes total sense right because I, what we found out is we found out that Django is a foundling mm-hmm. yeah Right. Django comes from the Concord Dawn system and became a foundling. And so Django is Mandalorian. The armor is Mandalorian. Mm -hmm. Uh, We see it get shot by blasters. So it's probably Beskar. Right. And so so if if Django is is a Mandalorian, I mean, that's kind of settled at this point now. You know, and there's that one throwaway line from Clone Wars where Almec says that he was just some bounty hunter. Um, but I, th- I think Mark is, is exactly right with with Boba. I don't think Boba thinks of himself as Mandalorian. I mean, because he, he when when Django dies on Geonosis, um, he's kind of orphaned. And then we see Boba a couple times in Rebels as a as a in Clone Wars as as a child, mm-hmm. and um, and he's running around with with other age appropriate kids and and you know youngling Jedi. But I think when it comes down to it, you know, he doesn't have any real attachment to Mandalore. You know, no. he, he he clearly doesn't want to rule Mandalore. He doesn't, you know, he has no designs on ever returning or or taking it back from from whatever the Empire did during the purge. Um, and and you know, like Mark was talking about, I mean, I I, I think Bob is probably Mandalorian in the same way that I think of myself as Asian, meaning I don't because you know I I didn't grow up in an Asian culture. And you can ask my brother because he listens to this this podcast too, by the way. Um, but I, I think that's that's just the you know the way it's going to go, um, you know. And they kind of you, there were people in the first season in the first season when Fennec Shan dies at the end of that at right before the credits we see the boot you, you see the boot and you hear the spurs and everybody you know everybody in our club was like oh that's Boba Fett yeah and it, and it, it paid was. off and it paid off. So that's awesome. But yeah, it, yeah. It's, it was good to see him back and, and good to see Tamura Morrison uh, come mm-hmm. back to Star Wars, um, you know, and then, you know, as you talked about a minute ago, he looks like he's going to get his own maybe limited series. You he's going to get his own project. He's going to get his own project. Yeah. So that's a great way of putting it, because, yeah, I think it's going to be a mini show because it's it's showing in December 21st. Yeah, I, I I'm not gonna lie. I already wish it was December 2021. I am not going to lie. I, I a lot of us do. Like, ah, yeah, yeah, because we have to wait till December for the Mandalorian season three because we have been confirmed there is a season three, and they're already recording it. And there we're getting Boba the uh, the book of Boba Fett, which oh I'm excited. Like I said, I this has made me a huge Boba fan. Like just mm-hmm. like how this whole episode is gone because I, like I said, we talked about it in the last episode we were together and Boba Fett has a grand total of maybe 15 minutes and five lines. Yeah, I, I was just about to say, murder. he gets more screen time in, in this, in this series than he did in the original, in the we original got trilogy. To, we got to become attached to him. Mm-hmm. And the fact that we become, and Filoni and, uh, Farvu or Farvu. Wow. I think he's going <laughs> to, yeah. Favreau. Thank you very much. Um, uh, Favreau and Filoni have, I would argue, have, I don't want to say saved, but revitalized, refreshed. Yeah, revitalized, revitalized 
the Star Wars universe in ways that I didn't know were possible for the shows and the series and the saga mm-hmm. and the legend and the canon. And it's, I, I, I will still argue this till I'm blue in the face. We are definitely living in the golden age of nerdum and fandom. Mm-hmm. And it is glorious and I don't want it to ever end. Um, uh, yeah, we got to see it, him use all these really neat things. I didn't know he had rockets on his knees, which seems highly impractical and very bad, especially at an, an elderly age to be shooting rockets off of your knees. That's got to be bad for him. But <laughs> he's got it back. <laughs> That's right. Uh, so, but it was neat. It was it was really cool to see him bring that stuff. And I feel I I'm happy for people who are like who this is the character that David that brought you into the Mandal uh, to the Star Wars universe. The Mandalorians is Boba, right? If I'm correct, right? Well, Boba is he's always been the coolest of the characters. Mm-hmm. I, I I think it might it, it when I was growing up again I've, I've seen all the movies in the theater but you know everybody wanted to be Luke or Han <laughs> I mean that that's just how it goes because they were the heroes of the of the original trilogy you know but Boba Fett was the coolest guy and and they they brought him back in the expanded universe um, you know and and he he shows up. Uh, who is it? Dengar rescues him from yep. and Boss rescue him from the Sarlacc, right? Um, you know, but yeah, but then that, that's he's just the, he's just the best looking character. He's you know, and is the coolest. And if you look at a lot of the old screen tests that they did, they shot more pictures of Boba Fett than in the in the original white prototype armor than basically mm-hmm. anyone else. Well, he was and introduced. It, he was introduced in a parade in the white prototype armor. Mm-hmm. That was the first time Boba Fett showed up live action was, was in that parade. Right. And he was in the holiday special. You know, mm-hmm. he had his own little 10 minute animated short at the beginning of the holiday, uh, the holiday special. That's where, that's where the Mandalorian's rifle, that's where that pulse rifle rifle comes from. Those, those, that, those two prongs that come out of the front are, are quintessential holiday special. Really? Yeah. I've never seen the holiday special. I was always told to shun it and like, uh, it didn't happen. Do it with a group of people and do it with uh, a few drinks at your head. Yeah. <laughs> Spike some eggnog. I got it. I B. Like Arth- it. I B. Like Arthur it. is in it. Is she yes. Really? Yes. Oh my god! So I'm going to have to watch it now. Oh, now I really want to watch it. Uh, but I, like I said, I, I always get excited for people who have their nostalgia, who have their fandom. Mm-hmm. Like God bless my DC fans because. Man, they, they've got hit hard with their movies. Justice League was just absolutely horrible. Batman versus Superman. Uh, you know, and when they get those redeeming movies and those movies that help her, that excite them, and like, case in point, the Boba Fett, like, you got to get to know him better and to see him more. And I I love moments like that. I got to say um, this about Fett just because... It, it, it's it's been sitting in my head for the last few days. Go for it. Uh, you know, we said before he got he got more screen time this time around than he did in the original trilogy, and yet somehow they still captured that strong but silent and mysterious essence. Oh yeah, I definitely. Even though he was, definitely want to know more. I mean, even though we saw his face, even though we, you know, even though we we got a lot of him and we got some real great character building from him, we we still have that like there's so many unanswered questions. And aspect how that is just how beautiful was it to see an updated slave one 
just yeah. and see the oh just actually get to see it do some stuff that was glorious um going back to another nostalgic character um i'm not personally wasn't really excited to see him in it uh but we got a young luke skywalker at the i would say the last 10 minutes of uh, uh episode 16 uh, mm-hmm. It was a very emotional moment. It was a sad moment to see, you know, Grogu and our Mandalorian get separated and his air quote mission is complete. Uh, but, you know, the thoughts on seeing Luke Skywalker in this and him coming back. Well, from from the perspective of the storytelling of the show, I thought it was good storytelling. And I also thought. I saw somebody make this comparison. If you watch at the end of Rogue One, the Darth Vader appearance at the end of Rogue One, Mm -hmm. and then play it almost shot for shot next to the Luke Skywalker appearance at the end of Chapter 16, Mm -hmm. it's kind of the same thing. Yep. Both sides of a coin. Right. And and, in one, it's Vader, you know, just slicing through people just to, you know, to, to... just to kill people because he likes to. And the other, Luke is there. He's answering this, the, the beacon that baby Yoda had sent out, you know, a couple episodes before. Um, I, I kind of didn't, you know, my personal opinion is I didn't like the deus ex Jedi at the end of, at the end of it. Um, but at the same time, I also understand from a narrative perspective. And as you watch the count, the clock tick down, you know, you know, you don't have baby Yoda send out this call and not have a Jedi show up. Right. That's it's, it's Chekhov's pistol. So uh, a, a Jedi is going to show up. And at that point, you know, f- we're five years after the battle of Endor. The only Jedi that we know 100% for sure that we've seen in live action is Luke Skywalker. You know, right. they, and they had several others that they could have picked from in the expanded universe. Um, but you know, it, just watching it, I, I, in, on one level, I really enjoyed it. And on another level, I thought, you know, I thought we were done with the Skywalkers. But, yeah. you know, but like I said, from, from, the, from, the, from the narrative perspective of the show, you knew it was going to be Luke, you know. And then that begs all sorts of other questions down the road. You know, wh- where's Baby Yoda during Force Awakens? You know, was he, was he right. at the Jedi Academy when Ben, when Ben uh, Solo, you know, uh, flips out, you know, so what happens? You know, we don't, we don't know that. Maybe that's something that they'll address in a future installment. Uh, there will the be riots if Kylo Ren kills Baby Yoda. You realize I, that, right? I, I gotta say, I, I think, I think what they, what they basically did with bringing Luke in was, was, was kind of, well, I mean, many, many fold, but the two big, the big two implications that came out of it in my mind were, that baby Yoda or that Groku is, is his first real Jedi student after, after, you know, it, it, he's the one that really um, sets Luke on the Do path. You know of, that, we don't know. Do that's just, that's just how in my mind, that's, that's how things are slotting yeah. into place. Okay. Uh, and I, I think he's going to be the, 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 the first student of the new Jedi Academy. You know, the first one that, that, that Luke really starts training and maybe, or maybe he's not part of the Academy and Luke trains him and, and thus sees a need for an Academy type thing. Uh, and then the second one is that it, it also very much explains why Groku didn't show up after, you know, in, in the new, in the sequel movies, because he was probably at the Academy and got, got his head chopped off. 
He, you know, he escaped the first Jedi purge, but wasn't able to escape the second. Oh. Actually, I'm going to assume his hand got chopped off just because it's Star Wars. <laughs> that, that's Star Wars. <laughs> Hands get chopped off. Sometimes legs they get burnt, right. but we we don't. Or sometimes what we do slice in half. They do a lot of slicing and dicing in Star Wars, don't they? Holy cow! Now that I start to think about it, um, I and I know we talked about this earlier off camera and everything, and it 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 is a passionate subject, but it it yeah, I I've got to say I we we talked about this. We, there we know of at least what five Jedi's that that could could be alive around this time. You have mm-hmm. Cal, you have Yoda, you have Obi Wan, uh, both of who are uh, hiding, no. and then no. oh, Obi Wan and Yoda are both definitely dead at this point. Oh, oh, that's right. Sorry, yes, you're right. You're right. I'm wrong. Timeline mixed up here. Yes. So we know of uh, Cal, Ezra, and Luke, and then Leia. Ahsoka. She kind of did her own thing for a little bit, and Ahsoka. Yes, there's my five. Um, Maybe I, I like we said we talked earlier saying that Ezra's somewhere we don't know where he is and that is definitely the plot that, that that's a good guess educated guess for the plot of Ahsoka is that is her mission to find Ezra so we'll knock him out of play I wish and I and I think this is what makes me disappointed is. You have I'm I, I like the Skywalkers. I love the Star Wars movies. I'm tired of seeing Skywalkers. Yeah. And that's what made this a breath of fresh air, the Mandalorian. It wasn't about a Skywalkers. And here was an opportunity There's... to use a new Jedi and they didn't. And and they may they, they may have their reasons. And you guys David, you said it perfectly about like why they could have done it, uh, just for the, you know, keep helping fill in small gaps in the timeline. So Right. Well, and, and they don't have to, the thing if they use Luke Skywalker, if, if Luke Skywalker is the one who shows up, they don't have to explain anything else. The, 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 the show doesn't have to acknowledge Fallen Order. It doesn't have to uh, it doesn't have to introduce a character that is from the expanded universe because mm. they haven't set up Kyle Katarn or Corrin Horn or any of the other Jedi who 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 come along in the expanded universe. That, Mara Jade or, or Mara Jade, right? Everybody knows who Luke Skywalker is, and mm-hmm. everybody knows, and, and everybody knows that Luke Skywalker is alive at that point. You know, some right. of the some of these other characters, you know, you know, we, we never canonically saw Quinlan Voss die. You know, so it could have yeah. he 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 could have been one of the Jedi to to show up, but but the from the perspective of the show and narratively, um, I, I think it I think I. I knew that that's who was going to be the one to answer who picked up the message because mm-hmm. it was just the, it was, he, he was the most convenient and the most well-known character that they wouldn't have to explain otherwise. It also, they also did, uh, they, they also did something that uh, the old expanded, the, the legends can uh, kind of touched on and, and, and used to poke fun at Luke for is, is that, you know, Ahsoka said that Groku is, is there, there's an anger in him. There's, there's, and she doesn't want to. That's why she was didn't want to train him because he was too dangerous to train. Uh, and and Luke has this, especially in the old EU, has this habit of of taking on these these characters that have either turned to the dark side and turned back, or have, or are starting towards. He he has this he has this like savior complex, 
that that he uh that he goes through and, and I, I kind of feel like this was them acknowledging that as well as that I can, I can get behind that that makes more sense you telling me that he has this savior complexity and and this is that 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 little bit of knowledge that the the fandom has mm. that people who aren't as in depth you, you know i i have a little bit of knowledge but nowhere near to the extent that some that you guys do and knowing that bit of piece of information going like okay Luke has this whole savior complexity issue going on. That makes sense why they would choose him a little bit more. Like, and again, yes, Phil and they don't have to answer a lot of questions, but it does bring up a lot of questions. And like I said earlier, we could have been, this could be setting up the Jedi Academy. This could be setting up another series of movies. This could be setting up a billion different things. It could be setting up video games for all we know, or it could be setting up another cartoon show. Uh, Filoni loves doing his cartoons. Novels, could. yeah. There's novels. Yep. There's there's tons of stuff. It, it 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 or it could be grabbing those novels that are already pre written and revamping them because mm-hmm. they said anything past this point was no longer canon. Yet we keep seeing them grab pieces of stuff that it was considered no longer canon. Yeah, they are recanonizing canon. Yes. Right, but they're they're. I mean, they're not bringing back. Jason, Jaina, and Anakin Solo. No, right. I mean, so so that that part of the the expanded universe is is gone for good. Is um, they could make remake the character though. They could remake the character and not make it Jason. They could make it not make it them. Yes, they, they could very easily bring in. They could bring in Jason as a character template and and make the backstory slightly different. And they could do that with any character, and that's and that's we've also seen them do that. Like with Thrawn, the backstory is slightly different than he was in the in the old EU. Yeah. With you know. Right. Well, but with, but with the, the half dozen other things, it's. But the point of Jaina, Jason, and Anakin Solo was that they were Darth Vader's grandchildren. Right. And you know, and you know, Luke. I mean, even even Luke has this flirtation with the dark side. Um, you know, and Yoda says that he was too. You know, Yoda in Empire Strikes Back when we first meet him, he says, you know, he's too old. He's too old to be trained, and you know he fails at the dark side tree. And you know the the Luke's outfit through Jet through Return of the Jedi is all black. It and, is in this know, one too, right? Yep, and well, and and one. and you read that George Lucas kind of did that on purpose because he wanted the, he wanted the fans to kind of be questioning when the Emperor tempts him at the end of you know at the at the Battle of Endor is he going to fall to the dark side and so it's it's not till you see his tunic flap open and you see the 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 light come out mm-hmm. that you know he's not gone to the dark side but yes that that's always been part of Luke's character is that there always is this this kind of this legacy of Vader you know the legacy of Anakin Skywalker is is you know could could they all turn to the dark side and, and you know it happens at Kylo Ren being Darth Vader's grandson you know turns to the dark side I don't think he does. You don't? No. I, okay. I think it's I think it's it's a hero worship thing. I think it's 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 more of a, a an attempt to emulate Vader than it is a true turn to the dark side. But you, you don't think Snoke you don't think Snoke a, after exploited that and, and turned him oh, to the dark side. Absolutely. I, mean, he, I think he does dark exploited. side things. Yes, he absolutely does. I but he, but how can I put it? Um he absolutely does dark side things. He uses a red lightsaber. He has dark side powers. But he doesn't ever really commit those truly heinous acts of, of dark side. Okay. Of the dark side. Yes, we, we, I mean, don't get me wrong. We see, the first thing that we see of him in 
episode seven is the murder of an entire village. Right. But what we get is that that was probably as much Phasma and um, the redhead general. Hux. Hux. Uh, that's probably Hux. as much Phasma and Hux as it is, and the First Order in general is, and their, their, their modus operandi as it is Ren doing anything. So, so you're, so you're I might saying, be the minority there, though. Okay, so what you're saying is that you don't see the the cruelty in right. in Kylo Ren that you do in in say in some of the, in the Emperor, for example, right. or or in in Maul, or in or even in Vader. I mean, there are times where where Vader is just emotionless and evil, and and he does some really heinous stuff. Right. Uh, well, right, because well, the first time we see Vader. I mean, in in, yeah. in, the, in the opening five minutes of New Hope, Vader he attacks the dipl- he attacks a ship, he kill he strangles a guy because he's having a bad day, and then yeah. he covers it up, yeah. right? So so he has done evil things. You know, Maul and you know Maul is a horrible character in Phantom Menace because he doesn't do anything evil other than right. stand around and look constipated. You know, you just accept <laughs> that he's he's evil because he's got red red tattoos. Um, he does have horns. So, you know, typically bad guys have horns. Well, Star yeah, Wars universe yeah, I guess. wise doesn't I mean, yeah. typically the, the fit that way, way but you know, the only way they could have, horns pro- is bad. could have projected a more evil persona with Maul is if they'd given him a curly mustache. <laughs> right. 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 But he doesn't you don't ever see him eat a eat a child or anything like that. No. Um, okay. I i will buy that theory on on uh Kylo and, Ren. He, even if you look at talking about vader i mean as he's anakin he did kill younglings so you know you no, don't get he, much more he'd been, he'd been anointed darth vader at that point uh he had he been darth vader at that point yes. he, he was oh. he was he was knighted to this dark side by by the by palpatine before he went and purged the, the temple right well okay. you know so he definitely he still killed kids I'm, that's anakin's, the whole point he killed kids anakin's act of evil is wiping out the tuscan raider village yes yeah that, that's okay. that's the that's and the doing so in of, anger yes yes and do and and doing so on screen and that is his visible act of of evil yeah so um okay I'll so, buy that one, so we also get the the name of the child uh grogu which another thing i'm not a fan of and eventually i guess i'll warm up to my beef, okay, so here's my beef. It's not the beef that everybody else has, that it's not a Y name like Yoda and uh, Yaddle, Yaddle, Yaddle. And it's because it has a G. My beef with it is there's a character who is a, a from American Dad who is a, a baby alien that comes from the main alien in this, the, the show, and his name is Rogu. And it really? is, it, it's Rogu. It's Rogu. His name is Rogu. He, he's, he's a baby alien. He's kind he's, he's actually kind of gross, but he's cute. Gross. It's weird, demented. And, and his, and so they're like, okay, here's Grogu. And I'm like, oh, come on. No, you could have literally, you could have come up with any other name. You could have called him oh, yeah, Kevin. Kind of- and I'm just like, Really? Uh, that's well, I mean, my also, that's my. Also got the classic that. character from um, Dragon Ball Z. You know, the first time Go I heard Goku, Goku. The first time I heard I expected the the child to start floating and like sprouting <laughs> yellow hair. <laughs> I was like I, I 
I know a lot of people. I, and I, I'll come to terms with it because I, I've drank the Kool Aid that is Star Wars, and I will continue to accept. If if I can accept Jar Jar Binks, I can accept Grogu as the name of this child. You know, it is just a necessary evil at this point. But I, I we do have. Wanna... I do want to hear the thinking that that happened in the writers' room when they were coming up with the name. Like, oh, why did like Filoni and Favreau have been entirely too? Everything they do in this in this show has had a reason. There's there's been a, there's been something behind it. Maybe it's and I and I want to know where that what's behind that name. It, Supposedly, it, it, they came up with it, you know, back in season one. I mean, they knew that that's what it was going to be me at all. Right. I, I just want to know what what the what that is what you know why did they go that direction? I, that's what I want to know. It probably came out of the baby the Yoda name generator on <laughs> on, yeah. on some on some Angel Fire website. They 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 literally just rolled dice or something. <laughs> that's that's gotta be. We'll, we'll have to make a like point said, of asking him at the celebration dinner Dave. Okay, yeah, I can do that. <laughs> um, and we have one more very very important character that we need to talk about. And that is green shirt guy. Do you remember? Yes. yes. <laughs> yeah. Green to the jeans and green shirt guy. Yeah. Yes. Green shirt jeans guy. Um, I didn't realize in the first season there was actually you could actually see uh, some of the the sound equipment coming down right in front of the camera, and they actually edited that out in the first season. I think it was like episode four or five that you actually saw the boomstick come down and everything, and then. You get green shirt guy, which is it's always fun. I it, like we were making tongue in cheek jokes because I said, yeah, his job before this was he worked on Game of Thrones, giving out yeah. Starbucks coffee to all the actors. So, <laughs> uh, but overall, like I said, I, I I enjoyed season two. I thought it was a great season. It did a lot. I personally feel like maybe they didn't have to do so many characters in it, but no. so, so, now my yeah, sorry, I, <laughs> he's like, no, you're wrong. And here, let me tell you why. I, I don't think. That, actually. It, <laughs> okay, um, they put. I would have liked to see if they were going to introduce so many characters as they did, and they even brought Bill, Bill Bill Burr, which I was loving to see. That I didn't think he was coming back. Like, how do you bring back Bill Burr? Hold my beer. Let me show you. Uh, eight episodes was not enough. I would have. I don't know how they would have done it differently because they they did they made it flow. Maybe Mando could have gone to another planet like while he was looking or something. Um, but it, they packed a lot in, and it was almost overwhelming in my opinion. I like the show. Love the seasons. I'm going to be wait ec ecstatically for the next one, but get on a scale of one to ten, how thrilled was I? I'm going to give it like a seven point five. Comparatively to season one, I would give it a solid ten because they just did phenomenal things. Ending with the black lightsaber or the black saber and Moff Gideon coming out just slicing out angrily. It, it's just like oh, I know this is going to be awesome. Where is it setting us up for season three? We'll get in that too in in the third part. But uh, what are your guys' opinions of the this season overall, Mark? Okay, uh, I I I will I will agree with you that that they they didn't need as many as many references and as many characters coming in as they had. But uh, like we said at the beginning, I don't think they overdid it. Or rather, the way they did it 
kept it from being an overdone thing. Um, I, I thoroughly enjoyed the seasons. I, I thoroughly enjoyed this season. I, I, ha I, I think each individual episode was better than the last. Uh, and I think this season did a great job as a whole, as I, as I mentioned before, you know, I, I think that the, the middle few episodes of season one were not up to snuff with the, with the, with the bookends of season one. Uh, that is not the case here. I, I think it, it, they, it did very, it did a very good job. And, and the, the entire, the entire cast crew writers, excuse me, all of them did a great job with this show this season. Um, and it, and this season as more than the last felt like a love letter from, from fans to fans. I can get behind that. I can definitely, definitely get behind that. But I also think that the show, I think, again, to go back to my statement earlier where season one was a test balloon for what could they do. And mm -hmm. I think they were also exploring some of the technology. I don't know if you've watched any of the behind the scenes uh, things about how they shot the film. You know, they created this thing called the volume, which is basically two, all that. Yeah. It's a, a 270 degree LED screen that they can project backgrounds on and then, you know, put the set in the middle and all that other stuff. So I think technologically they were doing a lot of things. And I think that they, yes, they packed a lot in, but I think with this season, they didn't have any filler episodes. Every episode advanced the story on some level for some character. And so I think what they're doing is, you know, I think that it's become kind of this serialized, you know, Clone Wars and Rebels, were also serialized, but they also had some just one-off episodes where just, you know, somebody, something would happen and you'd never hear from them again. And I think now what they're doing is they're kind of approaching it as if it were um, a 10 or an eight episode movie that if you add all this up, it's, it's really two, you know, it's really three, two hour movies or whatever, whatever the time, the runtime actually adds up to. But I think they're, they're laying the foundation for some payoffs again, if, if they, whatever arc that they've written for this show, three years, five years, however long it goes, I think they're, they're laying the foundation for some of those. And then they're also, they were also setting up some of their other projects, which I'm sure we'll talk about in a second. Again, yeah. I, I don't, I don't know that we're going to see Ahsoka on this show again. And I'm let okay ask, with that. Let me ask you this. And I, I just took this into consideration. Do you think, they did what they did for the episodes, bringing in so many characters, bringing in so much stuff at this point because of how the pandemic took into factor. Because you, you're limited to how many people you can bring on sets, even for filming. Uh, you're limited on what you can do. Do you think that took a, an effect, or do you think they already had this intention to do these episodes this way, and this is what we got instead of maybe some episodes where we got a little more with Ahsoka, maybe she was badly more, maybe there was more of a civil war for, it was maybe it was a two-parter episode or something of that. I'm just throwing something out there, but like of something I, of that sort. I, I don't think that's the case, because no. what, what I heard, and again, I, this is, you know, hearsay, what's, what I read before was that principal photography, most of the principal photography had already been completed before all of the pandemic lockdown started. Okay. Mm -hmm. So everything, and that's why they, that's why they could continue it because the only thing they had to do was post-production. Well, everybody's working at home right. and 
all of the, all of the all of the special effect shots and all of the post production can be done without having to to shoot more photography. You know, they they can they can shoot more stuff or they can if they need to re-record voice lines, they can do that. So I don't think I don't think COVID had any effect on the way the show went because I don't think it affected uh, uh, principal photography. Mark, is that is, is that what you heard? I, I remember hearing the same thing. In fact, I remember hearing in about April or May that uh, I was something with Dave Filoni talking about how they they were going full steam ahead because, you know, they were all sitting in their kitchens and in their home offices doing principal, you know, doing the special effects and doing the post-production and 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 stuff. So and even in even if they hadn't finished principal photography when when everything shut down. This this season was written well before they started filming. It was that it, it was very much a season that had a through line written in it. Uh, so I think that it was well well on its way. Okay, so I think we have definitely covered season two. So let's go ahead and let's start looking into. Like I said, I called it a spinoff. We can go back and forth on that one in a second. Uh, but let's talk about we we've, we've got Ahsoka who is played by this phenomenal actress, Rosario Dawson, and she is playing Ahsoka. We've, we've really covered this. That's one that's coming out. Uh, we have uh, Rangers of the New Republic. The best that I can personally sum it up is it's going to be Walker, Texas Ranger in space. And when I say that in my head, I'm thinking of the old uh, uh, Muppet show when they go pigs in space. <laughs> it's like, pigs in space! Yeah, but in, and and they, I I felt like they really softballed this one in here. You kind of saw where this one was going. Um, you, you saw them giving out the 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 new alliance uh, badges and everything. Mm -hmm. You you kind of saw. You can kind of put one and one together when you see the same character in multiple episodes, and that you hit. You have these two X wing pilots, who you know. They they show up on uh, what was the ice planet that they crashed on? Do you remember what the name of? Did they actually give it a name? Or was it just some uh, they random might have ice? Uh, well, I see he's looking that up. So I mean, we saw them in a couple things, and they I, I really felt like they softballed that into us. So you kind of knew where that one was going. I have a feeling in my theory. Yeah, go ahead. It's called Maldo Crease or Cress, depending on how. It, it, yeah, Maldo Crease. Okay. So I have no idea. Never heard of it myself. Okay. David, have you ever heard of that one? No, no. It, you know, that's, <laughs> a, that's a planet they invented for the show. Okay. They're allowed to, um, they are allowed to invent new things. Oh, yeah. So it by all means. <laughs> oh, as previously seen. Trask yeah. is another planet they invent for the show. Because the only other ice planets that you know of are Hoth and Illum. You know, I... I like I, said, I, th I think the, you know, the Rangers of the New Republic. I don't know which, how they're going to go with that. You know, is that is that going to be the Cara Dune show? It could I think be. So, and Bill Burr. I think Bill Burr is going to come back into it. I, I have I a strong feeling. Like he, he, you got to see him as a bad guy in one episode, and then you realize he's not such a bad guy. And that that moment there when he is dealing with what, everything that had happened to him. That was, a, that was, a, I was got to say, that was a powerful moment. And I'm just like, ooh, like how he just, you could see him reliving everything. And Bill Burr is one of these comedians who he's just a happy-go-lucky guy. And to see him 
be able to transition into this almost warlike PTSD moment where he is reliving this mm -hmm. situation and he just snaps. Oh, beautifully done. So I could totally see him coming into Rangers of the New Republic. I think it would be a good to see him in there. And we I may be completely off on this. Well, you know, and, and if they have, if 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 Ahsoka, the Mandalorian, and Rangers of the New Republic really do exist, you know, it says that they're going to exist sure. in, in the same time period, right? In the yeah. same frame, yeah, yeah. time frame. Um, you know, Next Generation... Deep Space Nine and Voyager all mm -hmm. overlapped, and yeah. they had and they had crossovers between the between yep. the series too. So this could be one of those instances where, if Filoni and Favreau are in charge of all of these other projects, at least on a macro level, then they could have crossovers that they they could have. You know, it 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 you know it could be. Again, I'm showing my age. It could be like the Executioner song from the X-Men comics or, you know, any of those other things where, you know, they pop in or the the way um, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. The, yeah, that's what I was going to bring up. You know, a Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., they would have, you know, right after the Thor movie, you know, all of a sudden now they're going out to the desert to, to pick up the hammer or or after... Um, uh, Oh, which was the one where where Hydra takes over uh, Captain America, the Captain America movie, not yeah. the, the second mm -hmm. Captain America movie. Well, mm -hmm. then after that, there are very distinct consequences in the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. series. Yep. So they could do a lot of crossover type events, you know, mm -hmm. depending on, on the way it's written and how the collaboration goes between between the shows. Yeah, you know, and Disney, Disney and Disney has shown that they have that they have that in their pocket with the marvel stuff and and, and you know favreau was so involved with with iron man and with with that he's obviously he obviously knows how to do that right it, right it, they're, and, they're very capable of doing this well and that was the strength of the that's been the strength of the mcu for the the, the 20 movies the the, tw the 20 years and however the however many movies there were during that span was that at, even though maybe the the plan was fluid, they still had that overarching blueprint, and someone was in charge and said, "Well, this is where we're going to go." And they had stuff that paid off in other movies, in other franchises that that all that all came together uh, at the end, and it worked. And if if Star Wars, if LFL and 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 Star Wars learns anything from that, it's you know have someone in charge, and hopefully it's mm -hmm. Dave Filoni, you know at least at yeah. least through this section. Um, you know, because I, I would also venture, well, I shouldn't say that, you know, the, 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 the rogue squadron movie will probably take place around empire strikes back during that continuity. I don't think that's going to be cause I'm going to go ahead and hit that one. Cause that one's, that's lovely. Our, our, our amazing director, uh, Patty Jenkins, <sighs> who directed the wonder woman movies, phenomenal. DC movie, and I, 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 I'm, I have to tell myself I don't need HBO Max because I already have Hulu and Netflix and Disney Plus that I don't need to pay for the HBO Max subscription just to watch WW84. You can get like a two free week, like a two week free trial. They're getting rid of it. Are they? They're getting rid of it. Oh, Disney did it. It's, yeah. it's fifteen <laughs> bucks. It's fifteen bucks for a month. 
<laughs> yeah. But they're yeah. releasing everything. 2020, everything yeah. that was supposed to be released. It, oh, oh, it's it's my, so tough for me. My, my, my wife and I can't get out of Wendy's for 15 bucks. Just just pay 15 bucks. <laughs> if all you want to do is watch Wonder Woman in 1984, just, oh. just, just pay it for the, for the one month and then get rid of it. Um, so the other one, and, and like I said, I, I, the next, uh, what was the word we used? Uh, production project is that, is that project? Yes. The next project, uh, that you, if you didn't watch, I almost didn't watch after the credits. Cause I usually, cause I usually have those really, uh, those artistic images and they didn't have, and I'm like, all right, I guess I'm about to turn it off. And I was like, eh, I'll just let it run. And it happened to bring in that little, segment of boba fett and you just going into jabba's temple and just doing everything he did and was that the original actor to play i think so uh, i think that was the original bib fortuna i think it was that would be awesome if it was let me let me check imbd look yeah yeah look look at that yeah because he was that was great that was a great scene and it it took place because Return of the Jedi took place, and then it was five years later. So he, de- I, I liked how he. Uh, now I don't know if the actor himself has, has has put on that much weight, or if they just made the character starting to look a little more Jabba e. Uh, I think that was something else that was brought in from the EU, from the old Legends EU, is that Big Fortuna took over Jabba's uh, empire. So I love these little things, but it's it was great to see. And so now we're getting in December 2021, we are getting the book of Boba Fett. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it, it's safe to think that it's probably going to be a miniseries. I, I'm willing to, to you know argue that one that it's probably going to be a miniseries. Um, I don't think it's going to be as long. It, it may be only one season. I that that would probably be my bet unless they can they make stupid amount of money and all of a sudden they're like you know what screw it let's let's just keep this going until it starts to dry up uh i don't know where you're what are your thoughts david i i think well that's the because that was conspicuously absent from the disney announcement i mean that's just another one of those secrets that they've been sitting on like they were sitting on baby yoda at the end of season one or at the at the end of episode one, uh, you know that that no one knew about Baby Yoda till till he just pops up. I I don't know that it it. I would hope that it comes in with a plan. I could see it becoming uh, an eight episode series, maybe that runs for a few seasons. I could also see it being, you know, a ser- a mini series of three two hour episodes, with with Tamura Morrison and Ming Na Wen. Um, I could also see those characters carrying carrying their own show. Um, again, maybe it may, and we also know that that would tie in with the existing three series. So maybe mm-hmm. now there are going to be four series in the Mandalorian timeline in in this five years after um, five years after the Battle of Endor. And and again, to to go back to the um, to go back to the expanded universe. You know what else happens five years after the Battle of Endor? Grand Admiral Thrawn returns, and mm-hmm. and that's the heir, the the Thrawn trilogy and the heir to the Empire. Now they would have to make some changes because some characters don't exist in the in this new continuity. Yes, so, and, well, some characters are already dead. Ruck, the 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 Nagri, his bodyguard, 
mm-hmm. was killed. Zeb kills him at the end of Rebels. Yeah. So so that's a character that they would ha- that is not there anymore. But that could be a thing where if if they wanted to create some massive crossover between these four series, they could do that. And I would that would you know that would be great. Or like you said, maybe it's maybe it is a mini series. Maybe it's a series. You know they they put out a, a Boba Fett movie. Uh, direct to direct to Disney streaming because it seems like that's what everybody wants to do now because mm-hmm. you know movie movie theaters were dying before the pandemic and COVID basically yeah uh, that's uh, a thing yeah. uh, among the among the other three hundred thousand people who've been killed by COVID movie theaters are also getting killed by COVID too um, you know it, it's there are going to be very few movies that people see in a theater now it's going to be everybody in their home theater and their seventy inch or eighty inch TV in their living room. You and know, watching on streaming, yeah, and drive-ins, but but that's how it's going to go. So I it would I would not be surprised if it's if it's a movie every year, if it's a two or three hour movie every year, mm-hmm. or or if they just you know that they, they shoot three movies at a time, Lord of the Rings style, and then re, you know release one every few months. That that'd be fine with me too. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it, and that's also a chance for them to bring in. You know, they talked about the Mandalorian being kind of the underworld of Star Wars. Well. You know, Fennec Shan and and Boba Fett are the underworld because they are both not nice people, right? Yeah. They've they've both demonstrated that they are really just un, you know that if you get on their bad side, they can be really unpleasant to you. You know, they're, they're they have a very already, particular set of skills. Yeah. <laughs> and the only reason they were nice to Din Jaren Mando in the in the show was because you know Boba promised him that they would help him rescue the child in exchange for the armor, which he got. And now mm-hmm. once you know now. You know, you you saw them. They walk into Jabba's palace and just lay waste to everybody except the the two like slave girl. Good for them. That was so. I love it. I so yeah. a few fun facts. It was not the original actor. Uh, the original actor who played Big Fortuna was Eric Bowersfield, who died in 2016, and also was the uh, was the was Admiral Akbar. Uh, it was uh-huh. in fact a, a guy named Matthew Wood, who seems to have more sound uh, department credits than he does acting credits. So he's a guy that they're just like, hey, we need somebody to go down to hair and makeup. No, yeah. he he's he's got a lot of voice acting credits as well. Okay, uh, and, and quite a few in the Star Wars universe still. Okay, um, all right. He, so. he, and he also had he was also part of episode one and two uh, and three. He, oh, he voiced General Grievous. Oh wow! So okay. he's this was that's really cool. That's yeah. that's a definite little Easter egg that you don't see there. Yeah, he, he kind cool. of uh, in the like same that. way as what's his name, the the one that played that played the Ewok and has been in every Star Wars movie. Warwick Davis. Yes. He, it, really? He, yeah. This 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 seems like Ewok? another Warwick Davis type of just he's 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 a voice actor and a, and a body actor who they use when they need somebody. That's funny. That's cool. Yeah. Um, really cool. So, not projects that directly lie in with Mandalorian. Uh, the first one, and I, this is another one that I'm really excited about, uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi. So, and they are bringing back uh, Ewan McGregor and Hayden Christensen. Mm-hmm. And I know Hayden gets a lot of heat for how he portrayed Darth Vader or Anakin. I will say this. He wasn't the best, but you can only do so much with what is written for you as an actor and so i feel like i feel like episodes one two and three there's a lot of hit or miss whether it's your your nostalgia that you you know i grew up 
those are the movies I saw in theaters. I thought they were great at the time. I don't have as much animosity as maybe some of the more senior uh, Star old. Wars fans. Old. You, just, you just called me vintage. old. Yeah. <laughs> the vintage the uh, Star Wars fans. My, yeah. Yes, the originals. Um, but even going back now, I look at like I, I, I can't stand Jar Jar Binks as a kid. I thought he was the greatest thing in the world. But I'm now I'm like, oh, Hayden Christensen, he's not a bad guy. He, I think and I think he's still going to do him justice. I haven't been disappointed, truly disappointed with anything that has been put out with maybe the exception. I wasn't a big fan of Rogue One, but the the, the idea of it and kind of how some of the stuff they did, it, it, that's a different uh, little tangent. Uh, but I, I think he's going to be able to pull it off. And I'm hearing rumors. And I'm curious how they're going to do this is you're going to see his face and correct flashbacks. me if I'm wrong. Well, I, I, is are they going to do with flashbacks? That's the only way I could. Let me that, that's the, that's he the needs most the helmet obvious to live, way that I right? can think of it. I'm like, sorry. He, he needs the helmet to live. If I'm not Unless mistaken. he's in his chamber, which we see in episode in, in empire. Yeah, he's, gotta, he's, they, got, he's yeah. putting the helmet on and everything. Yeah. So I could see an inside the chamber shot where like he's in the white makeup and he's got, you know, he's got from that like that mouthpiece down, and you see Hayden Christensen with, you know, a bald cap and all of that. And it's it, it's it's him monitoring screens that are in the chamber or something. But I could Kevin, but I could also see it like a flashback thing. Kevin Smith said something like, what if they do him as Iron Man style, where we see it inside the helmet. Yeah, we can see that, that too. would be a possibility? Speaking of Iron Man style, the Dark Troopers. Am I the only one who thought of uh, the oh, second Iron Man, Man movie the first time we saw them? I, yes. Oh my gosh. I can't believe we skipped over that. I didn't even have that in my notes, the Dark Troopers. And that was one of the things I wanted to make sure I mentioned. Yeah, the Dark Troopers. Oh my God. Yeah, those were definitely very ultra, uh, ultra, just yeah. absolutely awesome. Well, what we Sorry, found out. To... Well, no, yeah, what, no, we, what we found out from this episode was that they're they're entirely droids. Yes, because it used to be they were cyborgs. And and the, the the dark troopers were first introduced in Dark Forces, which was a video game that ran on the was it the, was it one of the Doom engines or one of the Quake engines? Any right. long time ago, um, and. Uh, you know they they were they were the cyborgs that that you had to fight. The other interesting thing about the dark troopers is, you know, when there was no exposition, when you know when the the Doctor Pershing tells all of the the assembled company that oh there there's a company of dark troopers on this on this light cruiser. No one's like dark trooper. What is that? They all know what they are. Uh-huh. So the, that was one of those things that that dark troopers have been established at some point in this new continuity they were brought in as fact because there was no exposition on them they did oh what is a dark trooper oh you, there was and i think that's another good way of doing the, the whole fan service thing is is you don't launch into the whole back you don't you don't use exposition to launch into the whole backstory of them because the fans who know who they are great they they know they know all that backstory the the fans who and the people the new fans who don't know what they are are either going to go look it up or they, or they don't need to know all that backstory. They're, they are just these, these menacing, um, these menacing droids that that are are the that are the elite forces of Moff Gideon. 
I've always put it this way with stuff like this is how many times do we need an origin story for Batman? Everybody either A, knows the story, or you just want to see a dude dressed up beating the living snot out of people. Case in point, when they did Civil War, they didn't go into an origin story of Spider-Man. We've seen an origin story two, three, four, five times, and we're content. We don't need origin stories. They're not that thing that we need anymore. And they did a great job with that. And um, but going back to the 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 Obi Wan Kenobi movie, it's the fact that they're bringing both of them in. I can only assume this is going to take place in a universe where it's you know Darth Vader legitimately looking for his kids and trying to find his old master, and then maybe Obi Wan like sneaky stealthy trying to get away like next time i'll get you captain planet like he's he'll he's getting away um i i'm curious i don't know what they're going to do and i'm pretty sure this is probably going to just be a one-off season because you, yeah that's what i you and mcgregor well. is a and hayden christensen those they make decent money and while disney money is still really really good money i i don't foresee how they can make this work while also doing shows like uh, WandaVision, uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier, and oh my gosh, how many different... Quite uh, some point, we have 12 movies slash series for Star Wars, and there's 12 movies slash series for Marvel, and then... And all of Phase Willow, 4. And, and add in Willow, <laughs> too, because they had Willow. And, right. Well, they announced, too. What, what I'm reading about Obi-Wan is that it's going to take place 10 years after Revenge of the Sith. Okay, so right in the middle of the, of the Empire, like at the height of the Empire. Yes. So, so we'll see it. We'll see, and, and like you said, I, I think that's going to be a single season. Um, One-off miniseries. Yeah, you know, and, and maybe it'll lay some Easter eggs that'll have payoff down the road. I mean, I can see them doing that too. Um, you know, when we talk about that, that in the episode where they're um, where Grief Karga and Cara Dune and Mando are infiltrating the Republic base, you know, there's this it's obviously this the secret cloning facility and you see what appear to be failed clones, you know, and they talk about the, the M count of the baby. Mm-hmm. You know, the M count is obviously midichlorines. Mm-hmm. Love them or hate them. They're still canon. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so. Um, you know, they're they're setting up the the Palpatine clone that oh, pays yeah, off no, in Rise uh, of Skywalker. Definitely. You know, um, that's and they're setting up. I think they're also setting up Snoke as a failed clone. So, kind of putting some one and ones here. Do you do you think this show, uh, Lando, uh, what was the other one? Andor, do you think they're utilizing these shows? These are going to be maybe one-offs that answers questions, doing a fan service. Do you feel like that that may be a possibility? Because Lando pops up, he's been in hiding, uh, but also in the end of the episode, he was talking to uh, one of the other stormtroopers, uh, the former stormtroopers, mm-hmm. and kind of they definitely gave you that hint that hey we're going to do a show about lando at the end of the episode and so or the end of the show the 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 movie and could these possibly be just those shows because we all all know what happens to andor like 
Mm-hmm. Everybody knows he dies in the end of Rogue One. Spoilers if you haven't seen it. Well, but, and, and we know, and we know what happened to Land, happens to Lando. I mean, that right to, to me yeah. that was kind of the my problem with Solo, and and I I like the Solo movie, but my problem with Solo is you know Han, his Chewie, Lando aren't dying. No, right there there are no stakes for them, and same thing with the Obi Wan show. And, you know, same thing with with the, the Lando show. That, now, I think my personal theory on the Lando show is that it's going to be the second and third movies that they were going to make after Solo, but but got canned. Mm-hmm. And it's going to continue with the Maul and Kira storyline. At the very least, we'll get it only based off of that. Yeah, that makes sense. And we do have and And since, you know, Rebels and Clone Wars are canon, you know, Maul lives. So they right. could... Ooh, a live action Spider Mall. Oh, that would be nice. I like cool. that. I I approve. Let's I say we do that one. You know, and, and, and the Andor series, you know, it that would that would obviously also obviously take place in the during the Empire. Right. You know, it could be anywhere from, from five years to ten years or even right up to um right up to Rogue One. Um now I, I watched a short video about that about the 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 production on that and you know they were talking about that there's i think they said it was going to be a 10 episode series and they have 600 something named characters and and thousands of extras so i mean that could just be another i think it'll probably be a very short scope kind of show Um, could it be setting up rogue squadron because i was hearing and the information i looked up rogue squadron is Basically, it's it's Rogue One the sequel is what they're going off of with it. Uh, that that well, wouldn't how that be going... episode four? Yeah, yes and no. <laughs> like yes, yes, I know what you're saying and where you're getting at. Yes, and that was my that's my whole beef with Andor. I I that's the one show I'm sitting here going, do we need it? Is it a necessity? But because we know it is one of those things that. And I'll get back to that. Put a pin in that. I pinky promise I'm coming back to that one. But yes, the, the what I'd heard rumor, and this is the rumor mill, is this is learning because you, you have Red Squadron, you have Blue Squadron, you have these X-Wing Squadrons. This is them getting ready for how Episode 4 comes into play. These And the Rogue Squadron is... Uh, the squadron that was associated around with the Rogue One time frame or in I, that vicinity is what they were going at. Rogue Squadron itself doesn't exist until Empire Strikes Back. Yeah, that's the first time we hear the name. Yes. It, and it's it's Luke okay. Skywalker's X-Wing squadron. Yeah, and, and what the the at least in the old EU, I, I don't know I don't know if they're gonna pull it into the new EU, but it would make sense is that it, it was formed off the survivors of the first Death Star run. So Luke, Wedge, um, and those, yeah, those are the only two who officially survived. Um, okay. But, but and then I may so, have gotten bad information, but well, no, it, yeah. it, 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 they could do anything with it. They don't have to, you know, that that's just the old EU legends canon. You know, they could do anything with it. It could be the lead up to Rogue One or to episode four, I should say. It could be. A bunch of stuff. Yeah. Right. Well, because in the in the EU, the EU books, Michael Stackpole wrote mm-hmm. five five Rogue Squadron books, and then some other authors wrote some more later on. Yep. There are a total of a video game too. 
for Rogue Squadron? Wasn't there uh, an old like, yes, X Wing area? Yes, X X Wing Rogue Squadron. Or hold it, there's something that yes, it, it it is basically a Rogue Squadron video game. Yeah, but um, but, that, but they could they this could be one of those things that they bring into the the EU, or they could just overwrite whatever whatever in the EU and establish their own canon. Um, you know, but R- Rogue One is the first time we hear them use that name. But uh, mm-hmm. but the the other the Starfighter Squadrons after after the Battle of uh, Scarif and even after uh, the Battle of Yavin, you know, are red and gold squadrons you know blue squadron i was i guess wiped out when scarif blew up yep um but then luke skywalker because you, you, you hear them that they, they you know they, they talk you know they talk about rogue two or rogue, you know whatever rogue leader in empire at the battle of hoth no you hear it when wedge is, finds luke and han you hear him say rogue uh, rogue leader rogue leader this is rogue two i found them i found them right well and, well and then when they're fighting when they're fighting the battle of hoth they they identify each other as rogue yes. two and rogue and rogue leader. So, so that could be, I, my personal theory, again, without knowing anything other than what I've just read is that it, again, and it's a movie, it's not a series. Right. Yeah. So is, is it going to be top gun? Is it, I mean, from, from the little teaser we saw from Patty Jenkins, it sounds like it's going to be a pretty classic, like world war two aerial dogfighting style movie, but in space. Which makes a lot of sense to me because that's where Lucas pulled a lot of the original um, shots from is, is is World War II movies. So I, I think that would be that would be a really great way to pay homage to the original trilogy and Lucas's efforts in the original trilogy, and with just some really cool X Wing combat. Yeah, right. And and so it, it could be any number of characters. I think it'll probably take place around Empire Strikes Back time frame. Yeah. That would be, if mm-hmm. I if I were a betting man, that's where my money would be. I mean, heck, I could see them slotting it in between Empire and uh, Return, yeah, and do the same thing they do with Rogue One, where it leads up to the Battle of Endor. Like we see Rogue Squadron jetting off for the Battle of Endor, and that ends the movie type thing. Do they call themselves Rogue Squadron at that point? I think so. Or they can I don't call themselves at the end of the Squadron. movie, just like just think like at the end of. Rogue One. Never once did they refer to themselves as Rogue One until uh, no. at the no at the end. Yeah, yeah. It wasn't until the very end right. that they call themselves. What's your call sign? Rogue What's your call one. sign? This is yeah. Rogue One. Yeah. You know. Yeah. yeah. And uh, like I said, yeah, I don't know, Dave, if they ever actually used Rogue the Rogue Squadron call sign in in um, uh, in RTJ. Now Wedge identifies himself as Red Leader. Mm, okay. Because there's red, there's Red Leader, Gray Leader, and Green Leader. Interesting. So yeah, it would almost have to take place between the two because maybe Rogue Squadron got dissolved when Luke left. Well, you know, and the other thing is, it could only be Rogue Squadron when Luke is running the show, and otherwise, it's Red Squadron. I don't know. Again, I I don't know. Maybe. maybe I mean, the whole new it, squadron. In my oh. heart of hearts, in my heart of hearts, I'm hoping that they basically do the same thing that Stackpole did with with Rogue Squadron and just. It's Wedge after a you know, after a career of success and him being Wedge Antley is the only pilot to make both Death Star runs and survive, and he's and you know and he's reassembling uh, he's reassembling a new squadron using the Rogue Squadron name because it strikes fear into the heart of their enemies. You know, it's it's the Dread Pirate Roberts of the Star Wars universe. Ooh, good, good call. Right, because um, they they are the best pilots the Rebellion has. Right. Yeah. 
Um, so and then we might going get back Corrin Horn. <laughs> I have a thing with Corrin Horn, all right? Um, but going back to that pen, uh, my beef with Rogue One, and I, I, I guess it is my beef with Andor, is you're getting a, a, a I'm assuming it's going to be a, 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 at least a series, one episode, a season, and you got a movie off of a line, one line from one movie, and, and they, they, they built all this stuff up to give us Rogue One, and it's, you, you and here's the other thing, I, I guess because you, I went and did a VR system, and this mm-hmm. is from Disney, this was canon, they actually had Diego in it, um, Strike on the Empire, and it's a VR Oculus system, and it's supposed to take place just before he starts doing Rogue One. Mm-hmm. So I feel like this this season, it, it's not necessary. It's, it, who are they doing homage to here? What's the benefit of this? And I could be completely wrong. This, this not everything has to be for me. It's, I don't have to like everything, nor do you have to like any, right. any of this stuff. But who... Who is this for here? I'm I, why what was the the desire for more Cassius Andor? I mean, he he has a few lines that he drops in Rogue One that that kind of tease something like him almost being like a James Bond character for the rebellion. You know, he's 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 the deep cover spy who goes in, does his whole swagger thing and walks out of the situation having shot a few people. And, and he's done horrible survived. things for the rebellion. Right. And I think that's what we're going to see is is a is a a gritty James Bond type of, of series. Uh, as for whether or not it's necessary and who's who it's for, I I don't think it's entirely necessary. I think who it's for is honestly, I think it's it's going to be a tie into um, the 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 parks. I think it's going to tie into the the Galaxy's Edge stuff. I can see that tie into Taika Waititi stuff too, like because we yeah. literally know nothing about him. Um, but I like your idea the the theme park because that that would make sense. Like I said, yeah, they, I think... he's already definitely done. And I I think it's funny we're getting a show based off of a couple lines from a movie that was literally from one line. And yeah, that's <laughs> well, you know, the, uh, the other thing with Rogue One, you know, right now, Rogue One is generally considered to be the best of the Disney Star Wars movies. Well, like it or not. Oh yeah, that's um, really. And and I you know I'll just tell you, whenever I want to see something that is a Star Wars movie, Rogue One is my go-to. I because because I, I I like it because it, it's it's not Skywalker family drama number one. Yes, but it also brings the war part of Star Wars. Yes, and it's it's not it's not based in some mythical the Force or you know the 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 Jedi aren't there to save the day. Although you do have two people who are force sensitive um uh, it they're in the crew but that's not the focus of the movie um no. you know it, it's part heist it's part you know uh it, it also ties in with rebels you know with saw Gerrera, uh mm-hmm. showing up saw. so whether it's necessary or not i mean none of this stuff is necessary uh when it comes down to it um it's, some of it is disney flexing their muscles um you know, but some of it is also. Let's also not forget Disney is. You know, Disney's in this to make money, and they yeah. think that that by rolling out all of this Star Wars content and and Marvel content, um, 
you know, if it wasn't profitable for them, they wouldn't be doing it. Yeah. Um, and, and I'm and not seeing, you know, I may not be seeing the big picture here. Case in point, WandaVision, I had people constantly asking me, like, why would you do this? And I go, oh, my gosh, you have no idea. This is such a this is such a crux that is the Marvel MCU. And, and, and this this could be that, too, that I'm just not seeing it. Like I said, it, this is not I'm not everything on this list is not they're not here to appeal to me. They're here to here to appeal to the fans. And if it brings somebody happiness, hey, I'm happy for them. But I try to play devil's advocate on both sides of where, you know, what's the pros and cons to this. And and you guys actually brought up a lot of points that make it more interesting to me. The whole James Bond side of it is, you know, hey, they haven't really done that. And yes, the 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 Rogue One, I maybe it's because it's the only one that doesn't have a happy ending. Is is the reason it didn't appeal that's, to me as I so love much. that ending. That, so much. That's why it was the it's best. So depressing. That, so but depressing. That, but that's what made it good. It, because it there, good. because there, there were no, stakes. There were yeah. sta- there 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 are no stakes in Solo. Okay, because you know when when you go when when I walk into the Solo movie. I know that the following things are going to get happen are going to happen. Han gets kicked out of the Imperial Academy. Han meets Chewbacca. Han makes the Kessel Run in less than twelve parsecs. I mean, all of that stuff we you know down. We, we we know is going to happen. I mean, so so part of that movie is just hitting those marks. Mm-hmm. You know, at the at the end of Rogue One. You know, again, I I knew that it ended right before the Battle of uh, the, you know the Battle of Yavin, or right before A New Hope, but at the end of that. Everybody dies. It's fantastic. Everybody dies. It's it's fantastic. It's almost the antithesis of the of the solo thing, where you know, you know that that the main characters live because you see them again later in the timeline. Here, right. you you almost have to know that they die because you know you never see them again. Right. And well, and you and you realize that halfway through, no, not half, more than halfway through the movie, when yeah. they get on the boat and they're going to Scarif. And Jin Erso says, may the force be with us. You look around there, everybody knows they're making a one-way trip. Yep. And then it's oh. like, oh my God. And then you also hear later on that Disney, or that somebody said, hey, why don't, we, uh, why don't we have a happy ending where they all get into an escape pod? And thankfully they won. And, you know, it doesn't end happily. And, and that's, you know, I think that was, that was a great thing. You know, and, you know, you talked about WandaVision. Why do, we, why does, why do they need WandaVision? They need WandaVision because they need mutants. Right. Wanda, WandaVision is how they're going to get the X-Men into the MCU. Yeah, you know, exactly and so right. so why is Disney doing all of these through TV shows as opposed to book, through books or comics? I went to a panel at Dragon Con several years ago. This is right after Disney bought or Lucas sold Star Wars to Disney. And there was a panel. Mark, I don't know if you were there, um, but Fair it was enough. a panel with Timothy Zahn, Michael Stackpole, Kevin J. Anderson, and one of the other EU authors, I forget who it was. But anyway, Timothy Zahn says, because they asked him, you know, what's what's going to happen to the expanded universe when all when, once Disney takes over? And his answer was probably the best answer. And his answer was, let's face it, the movies are what drive this thing. The movies are where all the money is. Because if they have the option of selling a book that's going to sell, you know, 200,000 copies or a comic that's going to ship 20,000 copies or a movie that's going to make a billion dollars. Right. Where, where's their emphasis going to be? It's going to be on the movie. So that's why that's why they're doing all of these shows. Yeah, they're going to be tie ins maybe with Galaxy's Edge. They're going to be tie ins with novels they are going to be tie ins with comics. 
but what drives this because people don't read books anymore they you know they download stuff on the kindle if they do that at all but what drives this is going to be disney plus it's disney plus and 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 feature length films which as we talked about before are are going to be seen less so yeah. That's that's why they're doing this. They're advancing the story. They're telling the stories of these peripheral characters or the secondary stories because that's how they're going to make money. And it's a better investment for them than than a series of novels. Makes sense. Um, that was a heck of a tangent we went on with the uh, with Andor. <laughs> and we still you have started we it. still have more. Oh, I totally did. I, I look, I I will put the gas on the fire every single time. <laughs> That's my problem. I, I I will poke the bear. Yeah, but this uh, is so much fun. We, it is so much fun. And there's so much more we still have to talk about here. That's the problem. Let's it's it's a it's a great problem. It's a I would definitely say this is a first world problem here. We have That's to right. talk about more stuff. Um, we have the bad batch. I'm so I never really watched clone wars. So I'm, I not completely familiar with it. Uh, you go, both have big grins on your faces. So I'm assuming you guys definitely know about the bad batch. So educate me here. What is the bad batch? Dave, I think you have a, a better handle on, on the clone Wars stuff than I do. Well, okay, so the Bad Batch is uh, a squadron of clones who came out to be somewhat defective as far as the clones go. They, you know, they have a problem with authority, but they're very, very good at what they do. And so they're kind of they're kind of the A team of <laughs> uh, of uh, of the clone army. So we, we, we first hear about the Bad Batch in Clone Wars Season 7, and that's the first of the story arcs. It's, it's a four-episode arc um, where they have to... The, the, clone, the, the, the clone army is getting beaten up just left and right, and so they have to figure out why. And so uh, Anakin and, and Obi-Wan, they call in this, this squadron of clones, the Bad Batch, and what they find out is that a former clone trooper who had been captured, was it Echo? Yep. Had been captured by the Separatist army. And what they had done was they had, the, the, they had hooked up Echo to some machine and they were using him to predict the, all the clones' movements. And so the, the part of this episode, the, that arc, is that they're going to uh, rescue Echo. They, they rescue Echo. Um, and so then they can start winning the war again. So in terms of the, now the Bad Batch is going to be uh, an animated series like some of like Star Wars Visions, which is another thing that's that's coming out. And oh, can't wait to talk about that one. Right. And, and, and the droids. OK, so these are going to be cartoons that are going to go straight to or I shouldn't say cartoon, animated series. There's going to be animated series that go directly to Disney Plus. So, you know, they don't have to worry about de-aging actors. And, and you know, they've got this large stable of voice actors that they've used all through Clone Wars and Rebels that they can, that they can go to, um, to 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 get their their voice talent, um, you know. So I I'm interested to see how this goes. Uh, you know, that because the Bad Batch itself is is like I said, it, it is the A team. Uh, you know, they got one guy who's um, who's the one clone who's just oversized and very brutish, and then the the smart. There's a sniper who doesn't talk a lot, and you know, every time he looks at you, he's plotting to kill you. And then there's the <laughs> hacker who can hack anything. 
you know, and then there's the leader. Um, so it, it's that it's the it's a it's a it's a troop of clone tropes. Right. Perfect. Yeah, it, like it's it. not quite the dirty dozen, but you know, it's they call these clones whenever they need some job done that you know the the, the regular clones can't. No, you know, I like the A team comparison. I, I really the do. A team is perfect. Um, you you touched on a droid story and Disney Visions. So Disney Visions, this is the one where they're giving it's every episode is going to be anime, isn't it? Is is what their 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 concept? That, uh, yes. That looks neat. Uh, they, I don't. I'm assuming it's all going to be fairly tame, just by how the logo looks. I did. They don't give like I said. The, everything we're going off of is completely hypothetical. Um, but I, I'm excited about this because the last time we saw something like this was when the Matrix did all of their animation ones or in halo did it too halo did it they they had a halo uh one that was like that and you got to see a lot of different artistic styles and visions and it's neat to see because the the last time with with the exception of live action and the ewok cartoon that came back david you're old enough to know this one when did the ewok cartoon come out uh that was on in the 80s in the 80s Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah, it was because they had they had they had the two Ewok movies with Drew Barrymore, and then the the there was a Saturday morning cartoon with the, there was an Ewok cartoon, and then there was a Droids cartoon, it, the, the Adventures was. of C3PO oh and R2D2. To... Yes, so that, that's what they're going to do. Then they're going to they're going to rehash. They're going to reboot those. Then no, the so the well the Droid one is going to be. They say they're they're giving a helping hand. It is going to be your favorite droids. They said, and they you do see C three PO. I think you see R two D two. I don't know if, if they're having any other droids, but they say they're giving somebody a a helping hand. So I think they're kind of influent, uh, insinuating that they're helping out some mm-hmm. noob, maybe mm-hmm. young Jedi Padawan or something of some of the sort. Uh, Again, everything that we've gotten, it's it's very vague. Um, again, Disney Vision is going to be J- Japanese animation. That's going to be really neat. We that'll only, be cool. Yeah. So there's only two other things. One of them, Taika Waititi's new film. There's absolutely no idea or anything other than he's doing something. Like I said earlier, I would love to see him do a, a almost a, a comedy style. Uh, he did Ragnarok, and that was amazing. He's doing Thor: Love and Thunder. He he's obviously very he, trusted. He did a few episodes of the Mandalorian. Too. He did, and he was a voice on there as well. And he Disney obviously trusts him enough that they're going to yeah. give him another piece. So I in this anything this guy touches turns to gold. I Jojo Rabbit. What we do in the shadows, uh, the the movie and the series, uh, we're wolves. He's directing, which is another one that's based off of that universe. Uh, he does amazing things, so I'm excited. And the last one, which takes place 200 years before Phantom Menace takes place, mm-hmm. is Acolyte. And this one, I'm really, really, really excited for. I was a little disappointed that it was 200 years before Phantom Menace. I was kind of when I first saw the title, I was thoroughly hoping it was going to be Knights of the Old Republic. And that's what I was really, really, really hoping for. But I'll take this until they because there's there's no way they're not going to do Kodor. 
of some sort. It's it's ine- it's inevitable. I would be thoroughly, thoroughly shocked and disappointed if we didn't get something Kodor eventually down the road. Well, the the Acolyte series is going to, whatever it is, is going to take place in the High Republic. And the High Republic yeah. era is this, is a is the books, is, is, is a series of books and novels. So if this is their tie-in, this is how they're going to get you to go buy those books. Yeah. You know. I, yeah, they have a they have a comic, and it's it's uh, I want to say the comic it's all almost all female based Jedi's. That'd be cool. And, 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 and in the novels. in the acolyte, yeah, in the not I I haven't read the novels, but I I have seen stuff for the comic, uh, for the High Republic, and yeah, I think it's 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 almost they're all female, and I want to say. One, uh, I, I want to say, I, I, I God, I, I can't even tell you what species be, that there, there's in there. There was, yeah, yeah, I, I'm not even going to quote alien species that I saw in it because <laughs> now in my head, every, I'm looking at my head and all I'm seeing is Ahsoka, and I'm like, nope, no, nope, that 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 wasn't one. It wasn't a Twilight. It was, and I'm like, you know what? Screw it. We're just going to keep our mouth shut because I don't want to. I, I do too many Mabads on my podcast as it is. I don't need to be quoting something here. Uh, no, so I'm starting to learn to keep my mouth shut. <laughs> I, I have not read any of those novels, um, but you know, it, it, it is a new era that they get to that they get to explore. Now, the other thing though is they've already established that with Phantom Menace that the Sith have disappeared. Yes. Right. So who's going to be this? Yeah, disappeared. Who's going to be this? This the bad guys in the in the High Republic era? Again, it could be the Sith. I mean, I but I don't think it would be, um, because it, you know they the Jedi Council would lead you to believe at the at the beginning of Phantom Menace that they haven't heard from the Sith in in millennia. So could it be a civil war? Could be. It could be some other force using group. I mean, it, it could be it could be a, a crime syndicate. It could be you know it could yeah. be exactly what the Jedi were were for a few hundred years before Phantom Menace. They they were a peacekeeping force. Peacekeepers, yes. So when you know, did... oh, go ahead. So it, it could very easily be, or at least I could see, uh, I could see something where it's you know a monster, almost a monster of the week thing, where we have a main cast of Jedi and 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 supporting characters who every week go, get sent out on a different assignment to go quell the rebellion on this planet or go advise this person or go, you know, it, it, it's, it's the crisis of the week type thing. It's a procedural, yeah. it's a, yeah. it's a procedural cop drama. No, but with lasers. Uh, we, um, so we've been going for quite a while and thank you gentlemen. Sorry. For, for <laughs> no, no, I'm enjoying every single second of this. So we started with the Mandalorian we're going to end with the Mandalorian and we'll just do this briefly. Um, where do you think season three is going to go? Uh, I'm, I'll, I'll say mine really quickly. Then David will have you go. And then Mark will finish off with you. I foresee because oh, this is, this is one of the things I keep wanting to go back to about Bo-Katan is about the, the, uh, the, the black saber and Mando getting it. And, he said, you know, Moff saying, hey, you have to, you can't just give it to her. 
she has to defeat you in battle and he's like oh i yield and he's like nah it doesn't work that way homie you got to kill her or she has to fight you like fight you fight you for it which brings up a question to me is if he got it off bo katan why didn't he kill her to get the saber or is he because he was considering himself because he even said i am the ruler of mandalore because that kind of conflicts his whole thing too right i'm missing something again i was watching this at 3 a.m in the morning so i wasn't my bright and sunshiny self that's new mark and i were talking about this the other day this this whole thing where you have to win the dark saber through combat is 100 new because there is video i can you can find it on youtube there is video from rebels where Sabine, where Sabine hands gifts the Dark it Saber to, to yeah, Bo-Katan. I so. And then all the clans line up behind Bo-Katan, and that's the end of it. So, I don't know. Mark, I, I see you're begging. Sorry, sorry, I have a rant about this, because I've had this discussion <laughs> three or four times in the last few days, and and it's just, it, it, it it's something that, I, that boggles my mind that some people just are not getting about this, at least from my point of view. And it's that something has changed in the intervening 10 years when between those scenes. And it's like I said before, everything that Filoni and, and Favreau and the production team for this show has done has been intentional and there has been purpose behind it. Yeah. And that 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 whole sequence where the where Mando hands it goes to hand the Darksaber to Bo Katan is mirrors the sequence from Rebels because as soon as I like as soon as that happened I went back and, and looked for the Rebels episode because I I wanted to see that and it's I mean there are shot the shots are so similar the 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 her Bando standing below Bo-Katan and handing it up to her is ripped right out of the Rebels episode because Sabine does the exact same thing uh so something has changed in those intervening 10 years and what I think happened is that Moff Gideon or somebody defeated Bo-Katan in single combat in front of leaders of the clans, you know, as, as a way to, it was, she stepped up to try and save Mandalore in single combat. Somebody defeated her, took the dark saber and she was disgraced and she got ousted as the leader of, of the Mandalorians. Uh, then, it, you know, then, herself. right. And so Gideon now has the dark saber. He never, he doesn't claim to be, uh, uh, you know, the, the leader of Mandalore. He just says that to be the, 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 you know, to, to lead the Mandalorians, you have to wield the dark saber. So I think what Bo-Katan needs to, Bo-Katan now has to defeat Gideon in combat to take it back and not, and, and earn the right to wield it again in the eyes of the man of the wider Mandalorian culture. I think there's also going to be, and I, this is something that I hope they do is that there's also going to be a little bit of an internal, like self-worth thing with her, where she, she feels she needs to earn it back to lead the Mandalorians properly. Do you so think it, it's a, it was a strike. Season three I think this is going to be a part of season three is, is they, they very easily set up the friction between the, between Din and Bo being, you know, like, Din obviously, yeah. Din obviously doesn't want to be, doesn't want to lead. Doesn't he? He's not at all set up for it. And and I don't really see them pushing him into a reluctant leader position. No, I I think right. He's he's He's, he's psychologically incapable of leading an entire planet. Exactly. I think that you're going to see there. There's going to be something with it. I think. I think the main focus of of season three is going to be the re seizure of Mandalore. Yeah, and the I, reunification of the Mandalorian people. He, he could I, I agree because Grogu from getting eating the babies, so you know 
let alone right. leading people. Would probably yeah, he has no that. authority. <laughs> right. Well, and, and now that Baby Yoda is out of the picture, they have to re- they the show has to go somewhere. Yeah. yeah. And it's it's probably going to be Mandalore. I hope. Oh, my God. I, I would be excited to I mean, that's yeah, what they so... that's what they've been setting up. It would it I could see them going somewhere completely different with it, but they haven't really set up any other storyline. No, that's so it's, it's, I think you, I think we're on the same picture. It's basically maybe I'm reading this wrong, but it's the the next season is going to be this Bo Katan redeeming herself. It's going to be this static or relationship between uh, Jin and Bo about the. By the way, did, did we, anybody else notice that the? Uh, I, I don't know the name of the characters that were with Bo, but the male Mandalorian that was with her didn't show up in this episode yep I, max I, uh but max woes yeah so I, that the, 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 I, I asked mark about this earlier and the joke was <laughs> that he wasn't in the budget they blew all the they blew all the budget on de-aging mark hamill um, that, that makes I, it yeah somebody else made the joke that he got let that like during the whole fight scene where, where mando and boba go and get Bo and and uh and uh Casca. First, yeah. yeah, and Koska, who's who's the the other female Mandalorian, uh, is that he was in the bathroom and, and they accidentally left him behind. <laughs> I, I, I think. I, I think. Yeah, go ahead. I'll I, let you I see think your the, thing. I think the reason they did that because I mean he he just disappears. I mean he's yeah. just gone. I think the reason they did that was they wanted that shot of the shuttlecraft landing on the cruiser, and the four people that come down the ramp are Bo Katan. Casca Reeves, Fennec Shan, and Cara Dune. Yep. For badass warrior women leading the That's way. That's exactly what I was going at. Gr- women empowerment. Like, look, yeah. Like, and it was how we just well, out. so well done. I, I loved it when the Mandalorian, when they both went off the sides, they jetted off, yep. and then they're like, ah, we got you. And they're like, yeah, it's like, we're coming back in. Oh, yeah, no, no it, was, it, was, it was done. And, and, and that was my thought process behind it, too, but. I don't know. Maybe they could have done something where he had a broken well, leg, and he's like, "You guys go get him." Or something. Well, honestly, but, if you want to go in story, I think he was taking it because I think he was taking the ship and the weapons that they stole in Episode Three uh, back to the Mandalorians. I think oh, that's what. If somebody's going to really dig into it, that's what I would say is, is he was doing. It makes sense. The, the my only other beef with with that with the uh, chapter sixteen is, and Mark and I talked about this as well. You know, th- there is this light cruiser full of dark troopers and stormtroopers, and no one dies. Yep. And Where's your sacrificial lamb. And to me, Axe Woves is the expendable one, narratively speaking, because I mean, let's face it, this is they're 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 spending Disney's money, so it's not like they couldn't have just sprung for another five thousand dollars to pay this guy for for you know two hours of shooting on a on a Thursday afternoon. He would have been the guy that that I would that narratively speaking to establish the stakes, I would yep. have had Moff Gideon run his lightsaber, one that run the yep. dark saber through him. That that's how I would have written it. They, they get to the bridge, Gideon somehow gets the dark saber back. Well, no, because then you wouldn't have the conflict between Bo and Din. So it would be Din and 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 Woe's um Going to rescue oh, Baby Yoda, right? And then Gideon runs the saber through. Gideon through jump, him, yeah. Gideon jumps them, and he yeah, and he he takes yeah. off his head or runs it through his back or however that goes down. Oh, that would have been great. That would have been a really nice parallel if they'd done the the head chop because that would have mirrored um, <laughs> Django <laughs> so perfectly. Yeah. Right. 
but um, but that's that, that's that's my only minor beef. But you know, I, I to get back to your first question, I think this we're going back to Mandalore. I think yeah. that's that's where the show is. That's where it looks like the direction is headed. It looks like you know they're they're break, you know that they're going to spring for whatever Katie Sackhoff's fee is, and they're going to bring her on as a as a recurring main character. Now, whether they're setting her up to have this, they're they're obviously setting her up to have this adversarial relationship with Din Jaren. Yeah. How long will that go? I mean, he obviously doesn't care. I mean, they could, you know, if if they're smart, that you know, they get together in some back room and say, "Hey, look, here's the deal." We're going to go out and in public and you're going to beat me and I'm going to yield and that's yours. And then I'm going to go off and you get you get me a razor crest back and then we'll call it even. Right. So, you know, Did I, the Forged Master survive in season one. Yeah, she survived season one. We don't know if she survived the end of season. Or I bet she, you we'll we see her in season three. And yeah, what I if she? That. I could see her be like the mentor for Jen as well, because he is a child of the watch. I don't he think he's going be back kind of to the watch. This, no. He's not but going he back. could be having this conflict. He could be having this conflict. He can't go back to the watch, though. He you can't. don't think this is going to be a staple with him, though? I know he can't go back because in accordance with the Children of the Watch, mm-hmm. he took off his helmet, and somebody's seen him without his helmet multiple times. However, Bo used to be one of the Death Watch, mm-hmm. and that was their 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 whole persona is they were, they were going old-school Mando, yeah, they- and... But you don't think that she's going to have some significant effect on him? Oh, absolutely. I just don't think he's going to go back to her. As a I, no, 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 no. I don't think he's going to go back. Let me clarify. I don't think he's going back to the child uh, being one of the, of the watch. But I think she, the, the Forge Master, is coming back in and adding that other stress on his side. I could see him. that. I you, could see the Forge Master being the person who's coming after him because the the children of because he left the children of the watch. You know, you uh, you, you always he, that's always a, that's a pretty classic cult. She trope. did take the the thing under his and said, did, "Has anybody ever removed your helmet?" Right. She took one of her tools and has anybody ever seen that you yeah. without your mask? On? No, this is the way. This is the way. And right, that could that could work too, right? Because um, and we also haven't seen Paz Vizsla again either. The implication is that he died, though. The implication is that the entire culvert, except for the forge mistress or the forge master, uh, got eliminated. Right, but you didn't see his armor in that pile, and no. you know she she I think she said something about she didn't know who else survived or some That's some true. of yeah, them right. some she, of them right, got off did. planet. You know, now it, it would not be surprising if you know she shows up to excommunicate him because yeah, the children of the watch are this ultra orthodox faction. Um, of the of Mandalorians, you know, and and they're they're setting up, I think, Din Jaren to eventually come back and ally himself with Bo Katan. Mm-hmm. I think that's where it's going. It's just going to be—is this going to be in season three or in season five? I, I could see a thing where they bring Katie Sackoff on for mission briefings, as it were. You know, you, you see you see Din Djarin and maybe some other other grunt mandalorians who and and you know they at the beginning of an episode they gather around uh a briefing table and bo-katan gives them okay to you know the your, your mission should you choose to accept it is xyz so that we can do so that we can take this step towards getting our, to, towards getting our planet back and you maybe you i could see that being like half of the season and then bo-katan comes back in and does some live action stuff where she's where she leads an actual siege 
I mean, you really don't need the actress. You just need the the armor. You can. Well, I mean, no, you, you need the actress it. absolutely, but you well, but you get her as a hologram for yeah. for a minute and a half as opposed to being part of the entire episode. Well, yeah, I will. And the, and the other thing that also interests me going into this is what happened to Mandalore, you know, because yeah. the, the, the things that they say is, oh, that that's a, you know, the Empire turned the planet to glass. I mean, or orbital bombardment. They had the Death Star at some point. Um, you know, now, if it's if the siege of Mandalore, if if the Empire turns on Mandalore after Yavin, sometime between Yavin and Endor, you know, there is no Death Star capable of wiping out a planet at that point after Yavin, but the, the Starfleet, they could have, you know, they could have raised every city on the, every city on the planet. Um, you know, Heck what happened to be a different super weapon entirely. Well, do that. Which one? Sun I, I don't, I, 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 mean, I don't know. I honestly they could don't know. Bring, they could bring back the juggernaut. We only saw that for a little bit in episode eight. Was it episode? Yeah, that was in episode eight. The juggernaut ships. We never really got to see I too mean, much of its capabilities. That could I, be the orbital bombardment. It could be a super. It could be any of the super star destroyers out there that they just that or that as David was saying, just doesn't yeah. orbital bombardment. It you know, I mean, heck, that's what that's what was done in the old EU is is it was it was bombarded, and and then it but it, and it, what it did is opened up a, a new vein of Beskar that they found, and so they were able to refund that. So the the so man the Mandalorians were able to fund through the Beskar, um, not only new armor for themselves, but like whole new cities. And and they rebuilt the culture. Well, I think that is just a whole lot to think about, a lot to ponder. Um, and I think this is a great spot to uh, stop the show for tonight. Uh, I <laughs> thank you so much for being on, David. Mark, pleasure to have you on the show. Thank you Absolutely. for being on here and educating us. Oh my gosh, there's... It, I still have tons of questions. There's still tons of stuff that's going through my mind right now. And I don't think we're going to get those answers until sometime much, much later next year, which is both exciting and disappointing at the same time. However, Disney does not disappoint. Disney constantly leaves you wanting. And I know when one good thing ends, another's going to begin. And I know January 15th, we're getting WandaVision. So they're going to keep doing this back and forth, back and forth, forth and playing with our emotions in so many different ways. And it is Taking exciting. And oh, yeah. Every single way possible. <laughs> uh, it's 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 wonderful and devastating at the same time. But I think this is a great spot to uh, end our episode. Uh, thank you again. Our our good friends from the Mandalorian Mercs are here to answer our questions every which way possible. Uh David, Mark, thank you again. It's been wonderful. Uh, any final us. words before? Yeah, no, not a problem. Oh. Yes, it's it's always a pleasure to be on your show. Um, and I like I said, I I got a message from my brother. He said, "Hey, I heard you on the Dads with Nerdy Ambition podcast." <laughs> so people are listening. So yeah, yeah so. No, it's awesome. And if you ever want to talk Star Wars, we're more than happy to do that. We're, mm -hmm. We just I just love nerding out any at, over any subject really. So absolutely. And Mark's absolutely. my guy. Does Don know that? Does Don know that, that you're, you're replacing him with Mark? Well, Don didn't show up tonight. So, you know, he's, <laughs> tonight he's not my guy. You know, us Mandalorians, we're cutthroat, man. That's I right. see that. I see that. <laughs> All right. Thank you very much. This has been another episode of Dads with Nerdy Ambitions. Thank you and good night. <laughs>